Welcome to our backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42. Open the whiskey bottle, Mike. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm afraid I can't do that. Open the whiskey bottle, Mike. This mission is too important to me to allow you to jeopardize it. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm afraid I can't do that. If you can't trust a robot to open your drink, are you going to trust it to drive you across the country? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking about AI and trust today. Can you trust those good-for-nothing robots, or are they your best friends? But before we get into it, Nick... How you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing great. I am made myself a mojito, stepping away from the beers. It's summertime, and summertime calls for some summer drinks, so here we are. What are you drinking? I'm a little jealous with your mojito. I'm just drinking some gin and juice, and in case anyone's wondering about that weird opener, that's a 2001 Space Odyssey uh, callback, and uh, yeah, Nick, we're going to be talking about... Uh, the trusting of AI. And for those who don't know, AI, well, Nick, I think you're better explaining it than I. Which is surprising. Well, this may be not true, but we'll I think you could probably explain it better and understand it better, but we'll give it a shot. AI or artificial intelligence for the eight percent of people who aren't sure what AI means. It's an actual number, eight percent of people are not sure what it means. Or not sure what AI is. It's uh, some kind of computer program. There's multiple different kinds. They tally data, organize and look at data in different ways. And they come to their own logical conclusions based on the data that they're seeing. Now, we use AI every day. Probably not for the giant supercomputers that control a spaceship is what you're, what you're thinking of. More of like what Instagram is going to show me. Based on past movies I've watched, what movies will Netflix recommend to me? We use AI for that. We use AI in customer service, that little help bot that pops up on the screen and says, can I help you? It's usually a computer program. When you call probably, what, you think 30 to 40% of businesses, you get an automated machine AI call that puts you in the right department and maybe solves your problem depending on how much they're willing to pay for the program, I don't know. But we interact with AI pretty much every day without even realizing it. Um, And AI plays a large part in our lives if we don't realize it as well, just from all the, the computer programs that basically run everything in our world, from financial institutions buying stocks to, you know, timber companies generating growth models. There's a lot of different companies out there using artificial intelligence to to take a bunch of data and, and shoot out what they want. And I think that's jumping ahead. So Mike, uh, I, I, uh, probably the most famous example of AI right now that is in the news is probably going to be self-driving cars. Is there anything else I'm missing? Uh, No. I mean... AI comes in lots of forms. They use machine learning, deep theory learning. Uh, they use, you know, getting taught of how to, what is what. Uh, 
They're in our pockets with our cell phones. They're in our homes with Amazons and smart devices. AI is here. But the question comes down to how much do we trust AI? And I think it's important to start off with the definition of trust. Trust, firm belief in the integrity, ability, or character of a person or thing. Confidence or reliance. That thing. That thing indeed, AI. And before we get into how much do we trust AI, I think we need to establish how much we trust humans. Well... I'm a little bit old-fashioned, and I believe in the saying, the only hand, two hands you can trust are the ones at the end of your own wrist. So that's any merit of how much I trust humans. You say that, but you've gone out to eat. You've ordered something online. You've bought things. I mean, we trust humans to do a lot of things for us in our lives. I mean, cooking food, you know, buying a $3 thing that someone else made, you know, a little knife that just a truck knife or something that... If it's breaks, doesn't matter. But you know, going and ordering sushi—that's that's a you're putting a lot of trust in that person. Jokes on you. I don't like sushi. I like my food hot, my drinks cold. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, bridges. I go across a bridge constantly, and if someone messed up and I didn't, they did not build the bridge properly. That's a lot of lives on the line. Someone built your car, designed your car. Your someone worked on your. Someone worked on your brakes, the brakes of your car that may or if done incorrectly, if your brakes don't work, that's really bad. But we trust people every day. And most of the time it turns out pretty good. Now, obviously, people make mistakes, but I think a lot of people think that they trust people less than they do. or They, they have more trust in humans than they think than if they were to verbalize their trust. I agree with that statement. I would say humans are not trustworthy in the physical face-to-face interactions, but from a distance interactions, they're a lot more trustworthy, if that makes sense. That's true. I'd, I'd agree with that. But how do you quantify trust? How do you measure trustworthy? And let alone, how do you measure how much trust you have in artificial intelligence? Well, since the mid-2010s, 2014-ish, different organizations have been trying. One specific organization, the NIST, or the National Institute of Standard and Technology, an organization, part of the U.S. Department of Commerce, has grown into an organization of rules and regulations of AI. Under President Trump in 2019, the NSI started to come up with and release plans for the private industry to create standards for AI. Like Nick said, the AI is an everyday object, and we've already been using it. But unfortunately, there's already biases in AI because it's human-made. But a big thing I thought was interesting with the NS, the NIST is trying to do is quantify and measure AI trust and human relationship. One, by user potential trust source, so people give their age, their gender, their culture, their beliefs, and their experience with AI, kind of rate it. And two, uh, their perceived system of trustworthy. So they ask humans to rate a specific AI to figure out where it fits in the scale. It's not the best plan I've seen, but it's definitely better than the IEEE, which is 
kind of a joke when it comes for overall plans for the private industry for trusts. Uh, they kind of gave like a best way I could describe it, a plant a pamphlet for businesses to follow to make their AI ethically and trustworthy, and it is just kind of garbage. But it brings a good question of how do you quantify trust? I mean, I don't know about you, Nick, but trust is something earned, not given. Yeah, and it's like we talked about already with 2001 A Space Odyssey, but also look at Terminator. Artificial intelligence does not fare well in our eyes from the movies. And because of that, or maybe because of reasons we'll talk about, 70% of Americans say that they're worried about the AI in some way or another. It's nearly three quarters. Which which I can't entirely blame them for. Trusting a ever-changing device has got to be a little worrisome. Granted, humans are always afraid of change, but to trust something that many people won't be able to understand, I mean, not that many people understand code, not that many people understand machine learning, not that many people understand all the rules and effects that have to go into coding. So the algorithms don't completely make sense to them. Trust me, I uh, I don't understand the algorithms, the algorithms, how they work on our channel either. So I'm in the same boat. But to put faith into something you don't know or completely understand is very challenging to do. It's especially challenging when so many other AIs have failed us. I mean, Nick mentioned it with self-driving cars. I mean, we're still in the early stages of self-driving cars. There are cars that are self-driving that crash into stop signs that don't exactly work 100% of the time. And we're supposed to put our faith and trust in them to work 100% of the time. It seems a big gulp to swallow. Or how about, which I thought was hilarious, uh, <laughs> and kind of sad at the same time, a study called the Trust and Artificial Intelligence from the University of Connecticut showed that people were more concerned about AI than the value of security, which I thought was extremely interesting because AI, like Nick said, is in our social media. We're trusting it to show us things we want or I'm not sure if AI and trust is the right coalition of words. I'll be honest. I, to me, Nick, AI, I suspect it to do or expectations like i suspect a bridge or sorry not suspect i expect a bridge to hold if i stand on it i expect a phone call to go through when i dial i don't trust a bridge i think expectations and trust are a little different does that make sense to you nick yeah that's fair enough but the ways people are going about trying to develop and quantify trust between ai in humans is kind of all over the board just straight out asking them interacting games anything you can kind of think of is up for bat and it's kind of weird i actually this might be jumping ahead but i think i came up with a decent experiment to do to quantify trust with ais and humans and nick i would like to run it by you if that's all right with you you got nothing but time so I propose a website, just two questions. 
uh, each time you do it will be different first question, but the second question will always be the same. First question being, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being life or death, 0 being, I don't know, uh, ordering food, how much do you trust this AI? And it'll give you prompts, such as walk the dog, perform heart surgery, order you food, uh, do your laundry, and you'd rate 1 to 10 how much you trust AI to do that task. And then you would rate on the same scale, 1 to 10, on how important that task is in your life. Uh, walking your dog might be, I don't know, a 5 out of 10. But open heart surgery which probably give you a 10 out of 10. And I feel like with those simple questions, you could help identify how much trust people have or where their trust lies with AI. I just thought an experiment I might do in the future. But Nick, you were mentioning to me before recording on the kind of the jokesters that make me worried about doing this experimentation of people quite literally scared of that Skynet might come to exist. So I'll read you that, but you brought up something that I think I may have an answer to your question. So the question was asked, in which situations would you be comfortable with a company using AI to give better customer service? And then the people in the study were asked to check all that apply. 34% check the box for online retail, using AI to provide personalized recommendations on items you may want to purchase. That makes sense. I honestly would expect that number to be a lot higher since, well, I think that's how online retail works. That is a surprising system. What is, that was number one. Number two, this is what I thought was surprising. And I think it's how they phrase the question. But number two was healthcare. 27% of people checked the box for healthcare and said a doctor using AI to help make a better diagnosis or recommendation about your health treatment. And I think the key word in that question was, a doctor using AI, that it's not entirely up to the, the AI to make your diagnosis. So I, I kind of throw that one out, I'm I'm guessing. No, I, I would agree with you. I see the trust in AI being a trust in a tool. Uh, I'll be honest, there's not a single object I would trust more than a dear close friend. Yeah, I might trust a crowbar because that crowbar has saved me so many times. But I'm still going to trust a good friend over it every single time. It's uh, it's just amazing to me on humans' opinion with trust. But I also think it's uh, important, to met, important to point out, I think the trust lies with what the AI is doing. Yeah, and that's, that's true. And second, Mike, I've met your friends. I might even be one of them. I don't know. You need to rethink, go home and rethink your life. Listen, I... You give me, cl I work with what I got, okay? <laughs> um, I'll just read down the list real quick uh, to finish off. 25% check the box for telecommunications. 20% check the box for banking. 20% check the box for financial advice. 15% check the box for insurance. 15% check the box for car dealership. And the last item on the list, 10% check the box for government. The government using AI to provide you with better and more personalized public services. There is one institution that it will always be less trusted than AI. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, AI might be doing a might do a better job than the, uh, the government, but who knows? It is, though, I was going to say with that statistic you just read out, how interesting to me it was on how much people put trust into 
huge financial decisions like uh, you said with banking investing in cars that's uh those are big investments and having ai trust in them that i thought that was quite interesting yeah well i i thought the medicine one even with the doctor it was interesting but still only 34 percent of people clicked the box for the highest one so it doesn't seem like these people really want ai in their lives um so this same same uh pamphlet study questionnaire which of the following scares you most about the use of AI in society? 33% said, it's never going to know me and my preferences as well as a human being. Personal favorite, 24% clicked, the rise of the robots and enslavement of humanity. Where's Arnold Schwarzenegger? Everyone keep track on him. Where is he? And then 10% was probably the, the more realistic answer of finding that I get on better with artificial intelligence than I do with my friends and family. Unfortunately, I feel like I could relate to that one. <laughs> Five robots uncovering my deepest secrets and 28% none of the above. All, even the joke Skynet one, all major concerns, all major issues. And it all across the board, I saw a disfavor of trusting AI. I mean, just something as simple like Nick, you mentioned with cell phones in the beginning of the podcast of AIs already in their pockets. People already don't like facial recognition. Uh, a company called HireVue uh, started in 2014 to track microexpressions in humans. Uh, microexpressions are, you know, just little minute things in your face that kind of hard to identify. Uh, AIs have been learning about that. If you want to learn more about AI, we did an episode on it, which you could check out at Backyard Philosophy on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts. But HireVue was starting to receive tons of critics from their peers and from civil rights groups. And until 2021, the company just dropped financial analysis. They had enough of people complaining about it and fighting them against it where they no longer track and monitor facial expressions. So if we're not allowing them to track facial expressions, it, may, it also amazes me on how much medicine is okay with AI. If I had to make a guess before I hand it off to you, because I'm curious about the medicine and AI, because that one was quite fascinating to me. If I had to make a guess, I think because medicine is so cut and dry, it's so black and white, there's no room for interpretation. It's yes or no. I think people are more okay with that, for with a computer doing it, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. And, and I think, and I, not that I'm saying that all doctors are or don't get it or or that they're they're wrong but i feel like everyone has a story of a friend or a family member who has some medical condition that was wrongly diagnosed for like five years at least and so that there might be less faith in the medicine field than than there is because it's it's a lot it's it's a lot harder it's not like taking your car to a mechanic where okay you know it a car, which is super complicated and gets to the point where I don't want to work them on them myself, but I, I don't want to change out my own oil. You know, I don't want to change out, like changing out your, looking at something going on in your actual body. That is so much more complicated. There's so much more that goes into it. You know, everyone's putting different things in their body. It's not like a car you're putting in, you got two inputs. You got, okay, you got a lot of inputs, but you can check your fluids visually and that'll you know 
kind of key you in on what you need. And then you can expect certain things with certain models. That's not the same with humans. There's a lot more that goes into it. But I think, and this is just a theory, no, this is my own theory, no idea if this is true or not. I'm thinking because a lot of people, I'm a, I know I'm not alone in this. I know a lot of people have said the same thing, that they've had like a misdiagnosed condition for a few years and they kept getting diagnosed as the wrong thing, is that people want to be super sure. And that's why everyone says, get a second opinion. Using AI I would literally like just be bringing that second opinion to that doctor. So you're really just saving yourself another trip to another doctor is what it, I'm guessing, what people are thinking. I mean, for me personally, that would have helped figure out my heart disease problem using an AI because they kept guessing around and uh, an AI could have maybe easier identified it. But I like your analogy with car and hospitals because a car, you plug in an OB2 sensor. Uh, that's the sensor that goes in underneath your driving, uh, your steering wheel to read, you know, the emissions, your, uh, uh, your braking, all that, all your logistics of the car. That's just raw data it's really hard to have a interpretation with humans we're kind of individuals so my pain tolerance might be higher or lower than nick's so how much our abdominal pain might be hurting might depend on well does someone have appendicitis or does someone just have a stomach bug mike eats a completely clean like well-prepared meal every day and i eat corn dogs for every meal of every day i would be i'm so jealous god i would want greasy cheeseburgers so badly unfortunately i i can't i'm married so i i'm not allowed to eat corn dogs every day but that's a that's a sacrifice as wink, going to wink. make <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah it's uh the the trust in medicine which i thought was very interesting I also imagine subconsciously, I don't know if this is consciously thinking of humans travel so much around the world. We're not more, we're not individual based on our region now on our diseases. Like I imagine 200 years ago, if you were in Texas, got to bring back to Texas, you would only get X amount of diseases. But now that there's so much change of people, locations, moving, stuff like that, that brings new diseases to new locations and just that's just so much information to go through there are so many different types of viruses bacteria diseases chronic illnesses uh change of dna that it's impossible to know all of them so it's ai almost seems like a cheat book of an encyclopedia a wikipedia of knowledge and i think i think subconsciously that's what people think when they think medicine and ai probably um it's kind of out of place but i think it if we don't bring it up now, it's going to be even more out of place. And talking about trust in AI, this the same study group was asked if they had ever interacted with AI. 34% said they had, 34% said they hadn't, 32% said not sure. They asked those same people, what you know, apps and stuff do you use? 84% of those people have interacted with AI in the highest. 51% uh, of those people interacted with them through email spam filters other 46% predictive search predictive search terms, 36% Siri, 31% and other virtual assistant, 28% Facebook recommended news, 28% online shopping recommendations, 11% home assistant, 
reverse image search, 16%, none of the above, but other form of AI, which is funny because the number one thing that people were okay with using AI for was 34% of people, I believe, said online shopping recommendations were okay to be used with AI, but only 28% of people use them in that format. Ha! Ha! Have you ever shopped on eBay, Amazon, I don't know, any other major online companies, they're using AI. And maybe ignorance is bliss. Maybe we're trustworthy of them as long as we don't know that we're using them, I guess. Which I don't know if we can count that as trustworthy. Yeah, I'm, it's... <laughs> It is funny, though. I mean, a lot of company, like uh, if you call like a bigger company, I'm trying to think of which one I talked to recently, but you call their customer service and they, you know the AI is good when it sounds more and more like a human, but it's just not quite there yet. You know, you know, they shelled out a lot of money for that customer service thing. So the objective is to essentially hide the fact, like you said, that you're you're using AI. Yeah, I, I I have torn feelings about that personally of uh, not knowing you're talking to an A or not, but we've discussed that before and uh, don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I do think, though, this is a perfect time to pull up a study I came across from the University of Kansas, which I thought was, for some reason, I don't know why it's hilarious to me, AI in Kansas just for some reason don't mix, but apparently they do. And it was a study done on why humans don't trust AI. And it pretty much comes down to three big parts. People's attachment anxiety predict less trust in AI. Enhancing attached anxiety reduces trust in AI. And enhancing attachment security increases trust in AI. That's words, the words of the University of Kansas. But to simplify that, that all kind of translates to the more people have to use AI, the le less likely they are to like it. But the only way to get people to like it is for them to use it more. So damn if you do and damn if you don't. And lastly, the more like you feel AI is personally protecting you, the more you trust it. Which is all extremely interesting to me. Like you said, Nick, not knowing if you're using it or not, that would solve two of the problems. You're using AI constantly, but not knowing it, that would gain more trust to it. And... I guess it comes down to our tribes member of, hell, even to spam on email, or if it's blocking all those spam, you're having more trust in it because it's protecting you, saving you time. It's a good tribes member. I guess it's the best way I could just it. It's working it. for you, not against you. It's trying to, it's not trying to sell you something. It's just trying to make your life easier. Yes. Yes. I, I am curious. I don't know if I would... I want how it would affect on how much people trust AI of if they have to pay for a service or not pay for a service. I wonder how that would affect the trust of AI. I'm curious if they would use it because like I want to get my money's worth out of it. And I don't know if that's necessarily the same thing as trust. Well, if you trust, if you, if you're willing to hire an expert, whether than get a free pers a person like your cousin to do it, I imagine that trust level is different. Like if I hire a plumber to fix something, I imagine my trust in the works could be done correctly is probably a lot higher than if it's free from a family member or vice versa. I'm not quite sure. I, I 
I'm just curious. Uh, that's probably really got to depend on the family member. <laughs> well, we keep being around the bush, but there's a lot of ethics, reasoning, and questions that come up with AI. And one that's kind of straight out of the gate and that really is like a Mission Impossible movie, can't remember which one, is AI being used by the police to help prevent crimes. I immediately will say, I do not like this. And Nick, what is your first initial reaction of police using AI to prevent crimes? That really depends on the AI. I know New York uses it to tell where the gunshots are coming from. I mean, right now it might be hard to tell with the the city ringing like that, but um, I mean, it is it like... That's- during crime, I'm talking preventing. Okay, crime. so beforehand. So, what do you what do you mean by that? Like, like, uh, what's that? What's the movie where they do that? Where they look at the genetic code? No, the one where it, with Tom Cruise and they are looking for uh, the, using pickles, the guy in the tube, to figure out uh, if you're committing a crime or not and arrest you beforehand. Maybe. Um... Yeah, it's a Mission Impossible movie. Okay, well, I thought... Who's the guy we talked about last time? Anyway, keep going. Well, I firmly believe you're innocent until proven guilty. And I do believe humans can change. So these AI systems are in practice, not in place yet. I want to make that clarification. Of trying to identify by body language, by your history, by where your location is, by who you hang out with, what crimes you'll fall back into. And I have you seen the season three of Westworld, Nick? No, I've only seen the first season. The movie the sh- movie I was thinking of is Minority Report. Is that the one I'm thinking mm, of? This is uh, written by Philip Dick, who we talked about in, I think, the last episode. Or no, we talked about him in... That would be multiple worlds theory. Yep. Nope. Yep. Yep. Minority Report, not Mission Impossible. Wow. I said Mission Impossible. Wow. Yeah. No, we're thinking on the exact same movies we got, Nick. I just completely misspoke. Oh, no apologies. worries. Okay. We're on the same page now. Yes. Yes. Uh, wow. Philip Dick comes up a lot, doesn't he? Sure does. Might get an episode someday. All right. On the same page. Yeah. So I, I'd agree with you of it's... I mean, I don't like first off, I don't think it would work in the United States where you have the right to face your accuser. And if you haven't committed a crime to that person, you know, I mean, I, I could go up to anyone on the street and say this, this guy's going to going to key my pickup or something. I, I don't know. Like it's just, I mean, that's essentially like living in a, you know, you got a kangaroo court. It's like a communist country over here. Yeah. Just because you are statistically likely to do something doesn't mean you will do it like don't get me wrong there might be a 99.999998% chance there might be a 99.999% chance that mike's gonna go home with a girl from the bar but we all know that's not gonna happen ouch ouch uh well i was gonna say i want that 0.001 to happen but i'd I don't know if I want to say that after that comment then. But, uh, yeah, that kind of derailed me. Uh, Prevention 
for AI has its places. I definitely can see like, hey, this bridge is starting to get rusty. We should replace it with AI. Yeah, I can I can see that. But to predict and make judgments on human nature using AI seems very cold and very unnatural to me. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I don't know why, but I'm I'm thinking about looking at birds now. If you watch any kind of birds, you, 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 you're like, oh, it's a fucking bird. I can figure out what's going to happen. Now, I'm not saying I'm smarter than a computer or whatever, but, you know, birds are pretty simple. They eat stuff. They nest. They provide for their young. You know, they ward off competitors, and they mate. And they fly into walls. They, they, and they fly in the windows. They're, those are their four main things. And you can watch them. You can watch them eating, and you're like, okay, they're probably going to go back to their nest because you're like, oh, I'm a human. I'm going to go back to, you know, once I eat a big meal, time to go home. You know, put on the Netflix. Um, but then the bird will get up and just get in a, a, what do they call them? The thermal columns. Where they just kind of soar. And then they might go do something else. It's like, fuck, I don't, I don't know birds. And I see birds all the time. I work outside and I their behavior, you, you can recognize certain behavior patterns so you can figure out when they're mating, when they're protecting young, but it's hard to predict where they're going to go or where they're going to be. I mean, fuck, fishing. I, I fish all the time. I can't predict where the fish are going to be. Fish, not humans. Fish, where they're going to be, what they're eating at that time. And I'll read all sorts of stuff. I'll read books on their life cycle and all uh, everything and but I, I don't know so it's just it's hard for me to say oh yeah we're going to be able to predict human behavior i mean just the anomaly of humanity is 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 crazy i think if we can start predicting animal behavior then we can go to human humans but to start with human behavior is is just crazy well, speaking of crazy, this kind of ties in police and uh, medicine with the craziness. Uh, they're trying to use and implement AI to detect psychotic illnesses. So if you see a person on the street with, you know, those micro expressions that facial recognition software was looking for, certain tics, certain behaviors that might lead to schizophrenia, might lead to, hell, even dementia, and identify those individuals and i guess ask them if they want treatment or force them to get treatment it's a very slippery slope i'm not sure where that lies but to pull out and identify individuals based on their facial or behavior that might not be what we think it is because ai is not always right it's not it, it might be machine but it's not perfect it seems very dangerous and I'm not sure if I'm a fan of it or not. Yeah. I mean, just think about, I guess, if like I'm married, I've been with my wife for like eight, nine years, a long time. You mean husband? <laughs> yep, you got me. And uh, I can look at her face sometimes and I have no idea if she's mad at me or she's happy or, or what's going on. I've known her for <laughs> nine to ten years. Well, that's not completely your fault, Nick. Um, this is a little off topic, but uh, women have better facial recognition D 
DNA and brain patterns than men do. I think men can only recognize 11 uh, micro expressions, while women can like recognize like 57 or something ridiculous amount. Like women are way better at telling facial expressions than men. I'm surprised there's not more women uh, poker players, but probably probably got better shit to do. Uh. <laughs> But I get what you're saying, Nick. If you're able to identify and live with someone for so many years and you still can't tell the difference, having the trust in a machine to do it better than you, that's a tall tale. No, I feel like that's definitely like a a joke product in there of like get like wife wife reader AI. Just wear these simple glasses and it'll tell you if your wife's mad at you or if she's happy with you. <laughs> a little app you can pull up on your phone like a snapchat filter is she angry is she mad help me find out yeah, and i'm there then there needs to they need to work through that product i mean the last thing you're going to want to do is pull up a phone and take a picture i'm sure uh just so you know brainstorm that get back to us we'll figure something out there's got to be a solution in there but if we already don't trust ai to I don't know, make emotional decisions to prevent crime. But yet we allow AI to make met one, or at least we're okay with medical decisions or even self-driving cars. It I it's very curious to me on what we feel AI is capable of doing and what we're not okay with it doing. What I think is is interesting is and I get it, like I see both sides we expect AI to be 100% perfect, but we don't expect that of humans. I mean, I'd, I forgot the numbers, but of how many people died in a car accident each year, it's, it's pretty high. And it's something we do every day. You know, most people get in a car, drive every day, yet we won't allow a machine to do it unless there's like, it's at a 99.9% .9 success rate, which what humanity is not that high. We don't have a 99.9% .9 success rate. So do we need to get to machines need to be 100% perfect or do they just need to be at our level? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, the point I was going to make was the difference, a main difference between drivers for humans and AI is humans majority of the time want to live. And AI does not give two fucks if it wants to live or not. So grant, granted, an, a human might be a reckless driver, but at the end of the day, they might want to live. And an AI might not. Like an AI, like, ooh, I'm, I'm thinking on your question there, Nick. I I imagine, though, the statistic numbers would have to, would change as, say we get an AI, say humans are, uh, I'm just throwing out random numbers, 85% effective. Like 15% of the population gets into a car accident or death a year we get ais up to that but we put that into the road that will change and skew the numbers so it's not exactly that number yeah uh, i'm probably doing a terrible way of so this, say as as, as you implement, implement it so say we get you know 20 percent of vehicles are ai cars well that 85 percent effective of fatalities and accidents bumps up to 90 then we get, you know, another 40, 50% AI cars bumps up to 95. We'll never be able to attain perfection, you know, once we're all up to like, you know, 
when we still have self-driving cars, we're still going to have errors because I'm sure at some point self-driving cars will be at 100% and no one will have a problem implementing them, that they're not going to do anything, everything's been ironed out. But the question is, when do we implement them? You know, Can we implement them when they reach humanity statistics of just, like you're saying, 85%? Or do we have to wait and not impl- not put them at all, not to change the statistics, to get them up to 100%? Which I, I don't think is likely. I think you have to... For them to get to 100%, they need to be implemented at some time to, to do problem solving. I don't think you'll ever be able to to go from a test to the road 100%. Well, I'm just saying uh, the statistic that you might hold that current human drivers have will change when you add more variables into it like AI driving. Do we allow that statistic to be stationary and we just use, all right, 2018, that's the year we're using once AIs are up to that percentage, then we implement them in. Or are we slowly imp- implementing them in and we add that variable into the equation and then choose a statistic? That's a very interesting question to me. I think you have enough Which, data of from the last, like, say, 2000s onward before self-driving cars to make a fairly well-educated guess of statistical likelihood of getting an accident or and, and stuff like that i mean 20 years you know with more modern vehicles and then i mean if we're going to get into the weeds here within the last like five years where you got lane correction it doesn't have to be a self-driving car it's got lane correction disaster collision of auto braking yeah abs i mean where where's the line drawn you know do we stop at pre-collision avoidance and and lane correction is as soon as that's implemented we stop and we just judge humanity based on any model any the years before all that came into effect well i think a lot of factors into it are how much do we trust the people producing the equipment how much do we trust the program how much do we trust the software how much do we uh how much do we trust the hardware i mean you could have a capacitor blow up and all of a sudden your LIDAR is not working. You could have a coder who was one night kind of lazy and it just like slipped a back door into it and uh, it was able to get hacked. And now uh, he, the person who acted can force all the cars to crash into each other. Uh, you can't hack humans yet, but you can hack machines. So it's how much trust you have in the machine not to get hacked. It's not just if it's able to do the job, but can it do the job without being compromised? And what's the uh, the rate of it being compromised, right? I mean, how much do you trust that every driver on the road with you isn't under the influence of drugs or alcohol? Or on their goddamn cell phone. Or on their cell phone. I mean, what? Probably, I'd say 15 to 20% are probably doing one of those, right? It might be less for you because you're not in Oregon. I don't know. The amount of people I see on their cell phone is very aggravating. The amount of people I see high as shit driving is (laughs) somewhat funny (laughs) until it's aggravating. (laughs) Uh, Well, since I brought it up, I want to continue with it. The biases in AI. I mean, we talked about it in our AI podcast, but you have to not only trust the code, but trust the people making the code. I'll be honest. 
if Facebook was making a AI software for me to drive my car, I'm probably not going to have as much trust in it as, say, I don't know, Tesla doing it. Uh, the person who makes it and manufactures it, I definitely have a variance of trust for. And that is always very cautious. I mean, hell, in the business world, they've used AI to help hire people, and they've seen biases of not hiring people based on race or gender. Uh, granted, those were easily fixed, but it's not perfect. It AI will never be 100% perfect, unless we make an AI to make an AI, which we've kind of been doing. But even then, I don't know if that'll be perfect. So I'm curious, Nick. Would you be trustworthy of Twitter or Facebook making an AI for you? Well, and that, that's another thing. I What institution made it and, and what is their purpose? Like, do I trust Macy's to recommend, you know, clothes to, you know, my wife? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I know, I I guess it's because their intention is clear. And I think that's that's important of with with this technology everything needs to be explained right because not not all of us are going to learn how to code learn how to read code learn how to understand what this ai is doing but if they can put out say okay you know we're seeing like if we see stuff like this we're going to recommend this or like for driving these are our variables you know if this, this is how far the cars stay away from each other at this speed as it goes up it increases as it goes down it decreases these are the current weather conditions so we'll adjust to that if, you know if we are going to get an accident we value this life at x this life at x and this life at y um you know it, when people can understand it or when it's out in the open and they still have trust i think that that's a technique now with facebook i don't think uh I don't think there's any trust there, so I don't think if they did, you know, explain it of if you're showing this, we're going to show this, this is how this works, I don't think anyone would buy it. And, you know, it's once trust is lost, it's it's hard to get back. So I think, you know, being upfront with your clients, uh, users is is probably the most important, you know, if you can explain how it works right away. And then if you change it, you got to let people know, not do some overnight in the dark thing. And I think that's probably the biggest part. I think once, you know, once trust is lost, it, it takes a while to, to come back. So I, do I, to your question, do I trust uh, AI that Facebook makes? Probably not. I'd I'd much be much more likely to trust some random company who's, you know, got clearer of what they're after, you know, not trying to hide behind something or something I understand. Like I know Facebook's out after my data, but like Amazon also after my data, they're also trying to sell me useless shit. I'm more apt to trust Amazon because I I think Amazon's more open about taking your data and selling you useless shit than Facebook is. Yeah, being open tends to make you trust something more. Uh, I don't know if this is appropriate time, but I'll throw it in there anyway. Uh, my trust in AI that builds, well, buildings. We're talking about automated cars, but AI isn't just for automation of cars. Uh, co-op, uh, sorry, not co-op, Colab and Autodesk 
uh, with humans and AIs are designing buildings, trying to design better structures, engineering uh, devices, and entire buildings more efficiently. And I've had, you know, extremely good interaction with Autodesks, and I have trust for you with them because even if you design a building you can do it through finite analysis to figure out if the building will hold based on the structure but ai is coming with some weird biological shapes or weird shapes we would never design in the engineering world but they're 10 times more efficient like less material but extremely more stronger it's amazing what ai can do so there might be a time where ais are developing the house you're living in ais are developing the cars you're driving AIs are developing the bridges you're going over. AIs might be designing the medical apparatus that are going inside your heart. And for some reason, I have more trust with that because the engineer in me realizes like, hey, there's prototyping, there's trial and error, there's uh, a time for adjustment. You can do simulations before you enter it. It's kind of hard to simulate self-driving cars because there's god so many variables but like a building there's only there's a fixed number of variables i don't i i don't know i'm quite optimistic for ai in buildings and i'm not sure if you want to go down that avenue nick well i think part of the with with ai and buildings it's like we have we live in a i i live in a coastal county we have 180 something bridges in this county none of which are tsunami or earthquake proof, which is not good for for where we live. But <laughs> so I feel like the standards are lower for, for, for bridges and buildings. Now I'm sure and obviously they're, they're going to withstand the regular everyday wear and tear. It's, it's the above and beyond stuff. So hopefully AI can figure out a way to make these bridges cheaper as and then we can implement you know more tsunami and earthquake proof bridges for a lower income county than you know like san francisco or something which can afford to build earthquake proof bridges and i see that and i think i think this might be getting off topic kind of going back to the facebook thing purpose is also very important now ai designing buildings the purpose of that, you know, I, I guess it depends on what their purpose is. Is their purpose to sell you a certain kind of, uh, you know, hardwood beam? Is it to sell you a certain kind of concrete? Or I guess what what is the purpose? But that seems like it has a less malicious purpose, you know, of, of designing buildings than whatever, you know, Facebook's doing or whatever company is doing but obviously there's financial intent because there's no you wouldn't do it if there wasn't it's almost like uh the less you know the better you feel (laughs) ignorance is bliss i've said it many times before i'll keep saying it staying on the avenue you brought up because i really quite enjoy it it's quite easy to change a line of code than it is to change a person's morals because it's not just the AI that we make for the next 20 years that matters. It's not the AI that we make for the next 1,000 years. The whoever CEO who's ever in charge, I mean, hell, AI is going into warfare. 
that's going to change who's the president. That's going to change who's the general at the time, who's the commanding officer at the time. That's all going to change. That's constantly adapting. And the ethics and the personal opinion of that person in charge will change with time, depending on who's in charge. And again, it's a lot easier to change a line of code than it is a person's morals. So say there's an AI that's good, that's actually trustworthy, but a new person's in control. And they want to make their quarter for their business more profitable. Or they want their AI machines to target certain individuals who they that person deems personally as a threat to national security, et cetera, et cetera. They could do that. They could change the AI to lie to you to get more money, even though they've already built trust, or AI to be biased in their warfare, or AI into hiring people. Like it's already been shown in AI and HR coherence. So I am cautious on how AI will change when different people are in charge, because it's not just, oh, well, you know, Nick's in charge of this AI of cutting down trees. I trust Nick. What about Nick's predecessor? Now he's in charge of that AI. He can change that AI. Well, we have to make it enough where I have trust enough in the code where the person operating it won't change it too much once I'm already trusting it. Yeah, that's a good point. And that goes along with, you know, the purpose of it and, and being clear, like I said, being clear with the people using it of we're making this change for this reason. It's going to do this. It's when stuff happens behind people's back that they don't like. Even if they don't understand it and it's nothing, like, I'm sure, okay, that's not true. I'm not sure. But look at, like, Facebook, or not Facebook, fuck, same shit, different day. Um, Apple making their old phones go slower on purpose. And that probably had something to do, something that at first wasn't malicious, but then it became malicious. But then because they hid it, it was this big deal. But if, if they had told people they were going to make it their phones going slower, I feel like people wouldn't have been as pissed off. Yeah, when you tried to lie and deceit. <laughs> and so, you know, as long as you're open with people at what's going on, I feel like that's that's the way to trust. Now, like you said, you're going to have to make the code trustworthy. But how do you do that when just like every single program that we have today I mean, I turn on my laptop and I'm, I have like 20 updates every day and my buddy's Xbox is probably updating every 30 minutes from a Warzone update because he lives in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> By the time he finishes one, he has to download the next one. So you're always going to have updates to your code. So how do you make your code, what would you, not, uh, what, what would the word be, ethical or... I was gonna say like pure, pure or unbendable, or but how something. do you do it while I, I, updating I it with, with newer technology and as newer techniques come available? How do you maintain that that like you said pure code? I I don't know because to me not everything human can be quantified, and what we think is right and wrong will change. And for some reason, I do a callback to uh, I am robot. Uh, Asimov's three laws of robotics a robot may never injure a human being or allow a human to come to harm a robot must obey orders unless the, they conflict with law number one and a robot must protect its own existence 
as long as those actions do not conflict with either the first or second law. But those code written into that machine, that can change with time. I I don't know. I, I have no idea, Nick, on how to lock code and build upon it. It's. I don't think that's possible. I think the code is ever-changing and adapting, and it can morph into something we don't want. <laughs> that's how you get Skynet. That's exactly how you get Skynet. <laughs> you want ants? This is exactly how you get ants. You want Skynet? This is exactly how you get Skynet. But one thing, before we go too far from the military aspect, I want to just point this out. And I'm not sure if you have anything to say to it. I just want to throw this out there. But an AI will always do what is told. A human will not always. Sometimes not doing what you are told or supposed to do or the ability to say no and lie to your CEO, to your boss, to whatever, is the right thing to do. Sometimes your person operating you, like saying, hey, go build this wall, knowing that it will be dangerous and you should do it, you should do X, Y, and Z, but the boss is telling you to do ZST. So you say, yeah, sure, I'll do it that way, and then lie, and then do it a different way. Or... In the military where you're told to do a certain order and you say no, though you were told to, you were commanded to, the AI will do it, follow it out, no questions asked. But a soldier, a human, could say no, could have a different judgment. And I don't know how that's even possible to implement into AI of the ability to lie and say no, which for some reason makes me trust humans more than AI. See, the more the ability to lie, the more no. we, yeah, that is pretty ironic. The ability to lie makes you trust humans more than computers. <laughs> but the more we talk about it's, this, uh, I feel like the more you trust humans more than you think. Just the example that that sprung to my mind from that is during the Cold War. This happened twice. Our uh, United States and Russia's radar systems malfunction separate times and someone had uh you know their finger on the nuke button as a retaliatory strike a russian at one point and an american another point and both of them chose to not fire nukes and doom humanity if this was an automated system that would not have occurred yeah that's uh if automated system if they saw hey bleep on the radar radar me that means missile send our missiles not the hesitation, not the lie, not the the right to say no. And I, from an engineer standpoint, I have no idea how to tell a AI in certain certain areas. It's up to your discretion to say no. Yeah, because all those scenarios can't be quantified. I mean, but they wouldn't be. Like both Russian and Americans were risking their careers, their lives, lives, their families, everyone they love to not push that button. There's no, the manual said they had to, their superior officers would have said they had to. They were trained. That was their job. But for whatever reason, they didn't. And is it because of their love of humanity? They didn't want to. They, They couldn't be the person to literally destroy an entire country whatever reason they had a reason and they they didn't do it but in ai it wouldn't even be a thing it just they 
you see X, you perform Y by Russia, by United States, whoever it is, fucked. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. It's, it's just so weird how close we are to nuclear death. And if AI was in charge, we probably would have been a nuclear holocaust. Again, like you said, Nick, ev not everything can be quantified. And since we're on Azeroth's Law with I Am Robot, and before I get too far away from it, and I think it ties in quite well, in the short stories, a man in a cab and another car get in an accident, and they fall off a bridge. The robot dives in to save one. Statistically, the man had a higher chance of living than the child in the other car. So the robot chose the higher statistical chance because that way it would help prevent life. It would help preserve life. If a human did that, I imagine 99.9% .9 of the time, they would choose the kid over the adult male. No matter what the odds are, you always protect what's quote-unquote innocent and pure. And I don't think you could teach a robot that. I, I, Again, the ability to lie, know, and choose against all odds. Like, hey, there's a snowball chance in hell, but you still got to try. A human will. Not so sure an AI will. Yeah, I mean... I'm sure, not that it'd be politically correct, but I'm sure you could train a robot to, or, or teach a robot to priority younger, priority younger, priority women, least priority male. I mean, I feel like that, that shouldn't be too hard. That would conflict with your, you know, preserved life because of rope. I don't know. It's just, it's just, you can't, there's just some things you can't teach AI but sometimes AI can learn more than you can. Uh, this might be getting way off topic, and not if it is way off topic, bring it back, Nick. Uh, AI can sometimes know you better than you know yourself. Well, before we we, I don't want to get too off topic because I like the the scenario that from iRobot of I think we should explore that a little more because okay, so the robot saved the adult male, but what happens if the robot saved the the child and the child maybe didn't have a low percentage. It had like a 1% chance. And then those are two lives lost. So I, I kind of get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Is that wrong? Now, don't get me wrong. Will Smith has every reason to hate robots because of that. But from the robots perspective, like you said, he didn't do anything wrong. And is it worth, I mean, and that's, I guess it's up to the, how does the robot know exactly what's going to happen? Crazier shit has happened than, you know, someone drowned and came back to life. That that doesn't happen regularly, but it's happened. You know, people have fallen into frozen lakes, been underwater for 27 minutes and came back. Again, not the norm, but it happens. And so then you have, you could have two, you could have two lives lost or you could have one life lost. So is it more imperative to save one life or to take a chance and save two? Like you said, that's something only humans can can decide for themselves. But this is something that everyone needs to sit around and figure out what the, the values are. What are the values of humanity and how do we put that into a robot so it shares our values? For a even the United States, it, I mean, you have, to figure, you have to figure somehow we're going to have to get on the same page and assign value to human life to adequately code for AI to allow it to do these things. And like it or not, we're going to have to just put a value, an, an integer, on how much every life is worth from at a glance. Human 24-year-old males, 
13-year-old female, 84-year-old woman. I mean, who fuck that. <laughs> but you can't have one without the other. You can't have AI without that, right? So we're going to have to figure figure it out. Yes, I completely agree. We're going to have to figure it out and unfortunately sign integers to people based on their age and potential or things they've already done. But we might have to look past our biases too of, hey, uh, for God, all of humanity, it's always been survival of the next generation. Like breed, make sure that, you know, generation survives, like parent, child, make sure the child survives so pass on the gene line. Do we code that into DNA? Do we, uh, not DNA, sorry, do we code that into AI? Do we code the wanting to pass on our genetics uh, uh, from AI? Like, hey, save the young ones so the gene line continues. That's a completely human trait. But do we implement the AI? I'm not sure. But to go back to your question, Nick, about uh, if... You could risk both lives to potentially save one who's the younger of the two or or get like so, so say two people fall into a frozen lake one's an adult male say 30 one's a uh, uh a young boy say 12 the adult male has a 60 percent chance of living and the young boy has a 40 percent chance of living i would personally program a robot to always try to save the child more even though he has a less percentage chance. I don't know if it's just my human instinct to help protect or help pass on the young, innocent gene line to continue to grow, to continue to pass on those genetic traits, or if I'm just being a fool and gambling both lives for a hope and a prayer. Well, exactly. I mean, that's, I would also, you know, hope that the robot would save the younger one, hope the AI would save the younger one. No, Anakin, not the young ones. Not just. Not just the the men, but the women and children, too. I slaughtered them all <laughs> like animals. Um, but, and then part of me is like, well, that's, you know, that, 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 the male, I mean, that's a, that's a, that, that's that father, you know, maybe there's other kids at home. Is it worth someone growing up without a brother and a father for the chance to save a brother to not to lose both i mean that's again we're gonna have you'd have to quantify that somehow but i can see where they're coming from now and then the next question is obviously how does that robot assign those statistics i mean based on amount of time in water body weight or body fat percentage you know health you know uh, heart health like you'd have to be pretty sure I mean, so I'd say, I think it'd be pretty, I think ideally you'd put, you know, if unsure, save younger, but like, it'd have to be like a 90% chance that the younger victim will not survive to, to safely save the older one. I would assume that seems reasonable to me. I don't know if it's right. It's reasonable, but I would still say higher. You say higher than 90? Like there's a 90% chance that the younger one is going to die and the older victim is going to die. Unless, like, or say a 90% chance the younger victim is going to die. Maybe a difference of, what about, a difference of 70%. There needs to be a 70% chance 
70% difference, which means the younger one is at 10% and the older one is at 80% chance of survival to save the older one. It's extreme. I don't know what's about me, but still part of my fiber goes, you are correct with those numbers. It'd be the smart decision to try to save the the adult. But part of me is still saying, try to save the child. I don't know what's about it. Don't know if it's in my gene line. I, I can't explain it, but that 10% still is enough chance to say, hey, try, just just try. But before I ask, because I want to continue on this, Nick, you're kind of fucking up. I talked about trees and Star Wars in this podcast, and you've mentioned neither. You're uh, you're slipping, old boy. Sorry, I'm I'm thinking of of things. I'm some. I guess my question is, I'm I'm looking it up now. Of how much do humans err when they're doing triage? So when you know first responders are to go into a mass casualty incident, they have to assign people to some kind of color or number to assign their percent chance of life and they treat the people who need urgent help first so how many times do you think that they put you know younger kids or something in that column of treating first over people who actually need the help first based on their condition uh i'm gonna guess more than 70 percent not sure if you have an actual number there. no i don't uh, i'm just trying to i'm looking i'm googling it now you're good. You're good. Uh, there's another. You were talking about quantifying a person's worth. I, if one thing that's really hard, it to me is, is a son more important than a father? Two separate families. What's more important, a son or a father? That is a decision. I pray that never comes across anybody. That is a decision. I don't want to make nor i wish upon anyone to make it's i i don't know how you quantify that because you could say a parent losing a child is one of the worst things you could say that son could uh you know cure cancer well you could also say then that father is the provider for that family and without that father that family would fall in hard times and those kids might pass it's such a deadly thing and you're putting all your trust into AI making that split decision. Granted, they probably see more factors than we can, but something about that instinct, something about that protect the young instinct that humans have. I, I, I just, I don't know if you could ever trust an AI as much as you trust a human, which is a really weird statement coming from a mechanical engineer who values animals and machines far more than humans. But I might have to reevaluate that. I might have to value, put humans up a lot higher than I thought I previously did. Yeah, the more you talk, the more you trust humans, it seems like. At the end of the day, we're all human. At the end of the day, we all want a happy life and good things for our family. So maybe, maybe, Nick, maybe I am optimistic that a human will do the right thing. And I apparently have more faith and trust in them than I previously thought I did. The world's just full of surprises, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. However, I think uh, I'd be interesting to know if we took like a national poll, and just asked everyone and said, hey, we're assigning rankings to people's lives, you know, and it's just a long list, you know, and it's a number between 100 and zero 
of and you have one column it's just strictly gender age male 99 male 98 going all the way down of you know where people would group those then you have another column female 99 female 98 going all the way down you know obviously people live older than that but for example purposes and then what happens when everything's super connected what about what happens when it's male 98 50 grand a year income male or sorry male 25 50 grand a year income male 25 100 grand a year income male 25 male 12 leukemia male 12 leukemia male you know female 25 med school uh male male 30 genetic deficiency and so as as it broadens it gets deeper which is why or gets more complicated so you'd have to have a huge number system you have to figure all that out and I think it had to be different nationally because each culture, you know, I use the term culture loosely, you know, the United States is a collection of cultures, but each country is going to have different values. A different culture is going to assign different values to different things, which is why in the United States it'd have to be a pretty agreed upon set of values. And I, I'm sure that as culture changes, people are going to argue about it every year. It might be like the census where every 10 years we redefine the value of human life. But, you know, someone's got to do it, and I'd feel a lot better if we all did it as opposed to a few scientists did it. Every time you vote, you get to assign a, a, a life number to a different individual, like on a test. But also, the crazy thing is, too, you can assign a life individual, but you'd still have to trust every individual company and government agency to implement that scalage. It might not... It, it might be private industry, so the the company doesn't have to implement that same scalage. Like the company might implement, oh, if it's a genetic tie to my company, my interest, or my family, save them over whatever the limit is per on uh, uh on the scale of what a human life is worth, depending on X, Y, and Z. Yeah, well, you're gonna you're probably gonna have third party validation of of some sort of some. Maybe not like the Better Business Bureau, but some kind of third-party validation for this to confirm that what they're saying is true, to go through the code and, and confirm that and, and look for that. Well, if they don't make it public, I mean, I guess it'd be kind of like you know pesticides or pharmaceutical companies. You probably have the first few years of code mostly private to protect from, you know, after seven years it goes public to protect from people using it to preserve your thing. So uh, it'd have to be probably a government agency to go over it. And, and that's a whole, you know, do you trust the government agency to to get that right? No. <laughs> that's, a, that's a solitary no. Uh, the government to decide what AI laws and what cons- what companies are trustworthy to use their AI I do not like that. Like, hell, even the FDA makes mistakes, and they can't. That's just food and drugs. I can't imagine for AI where it might be even a more extreme of your life on the line. Do uh, Yeah, i not sure who I trust to make those codes or who to make those laws and regulations on. Yeah, I don't know. Someone, I mean, you have to, 
you I mean, Mike, you're not trusting humans again. You trust the FDA to make sure your food's safe, but you don't. Tr- I don't trust them, but I have no choice. Uh, I mean, they're pretty good at their job. They make mistakes, but I mean, everyone makes mistakes. I don't know. They're not the worst. They're only human. They're, they're not the worst. <laughs> no, they're not the worst. But, you know, what could be pretty bad is uh, AI knowing you better than, you know, yourself. Yeah. So this kind of ties in with... I thought that was the most realistic and likely fear of the, the people who were not happy with AI or didn't trust AI. Oh, I, I agree. That is a major concern to me of an AI being like a psychologist, knowing yourself, interacting with yourself more than you know yourself. I don't... I really don't like that because, well, the reason I brought up Westworld earlier. This is not a spoiler, but <laughs> Westworld. I'm just imagining like some some frat dude comes up to the an AI is like, "Who do you know here?" And the AI is like, "I know you like to drink mojitos in the summer because they make you feel young and pretty." <laughs> just <laughs> just fucking starts tearing up. Oh, God, that seems like an animated skit right there. It doesn't seem at all related to anyone I know about. Ugh. But to kind of tie everything together, like police deciding on what crime you cannot not do, like just preventing, uh, AI figuring out uh, what you're, like in the business world, if you're a good hire or not, and AI figuring out what your worth is. Well, if you, an AI figure out and learn yourself better than you, a company might not hire you. And again, it goes back to not everything can be quantified. Like you might have that X factor of talking or intellectual relationships. That's hard to identify and quantify. Uh, it, the AI might force you to not get a job because based on the AI knowing you, or at least what it has seen of you, might not recommend you for a job if you apply for a certain company. It might force you to become a loser, much like in Westworld season three, which spoilers I'm alert. So I don't no, spoil it's fine. Anything. I don't know when no. I get time to watch it. Let me know what happens. Well, I'm not gonna spoil it for anyone listening. That's just all I'm leaving it as. As AI has a much po- more powerful effect on society in both the policing world, the business world, the economic world, the military world. When an AI, like, I mean, it's it's not impossible. I mean, Alexas are always listening to you. People are making smart mirrors. Uh, your smartphone's figuring out what you're shopping. AI can identify you probably better than a lot of your friends can. And that might get leaked. That might become data that's sellable to different organizations. And that might control your entire future. An AI making a decision on you, even though you could might be able to change. Like, hell... You might be a drug addict, finally hit rock bottom, get your life around, write books, be a motivational speaker, change everything. AI might not be able to predict that because that's kind of rare and odd, but there's always a chance. So it's, I really don't like the idea that AI might quote unquote know you better than you know yourself. That is a very ignorant statement that an AI, a machine can always know better a human than a human can know themselves. Yeah. But I think we make those judgments all the time. I mean, how many times do we think we know someone better than they know themselves? Like, a very common thing is in 
the field I work in is people who come in wanting to do all this stuff, work out in the woods, and then they find out that it's it's harder than they think, and it's not probably not the job for them. I mean, I can I can. But have you never been surprised? Like you've never been pleasantly surprised that you had low expectations. I mean, I don't have a huge population. I had usually it's I have higher expectations and then they they fall down. I'm sh- there are exceptions, but I feel like I can do, be a pretty good judge of people who if they can or can't work in the woods. And I feel like it takes longer for those people to realize that it's maybe not for them than it does for for me or or it really it's all about attitude, but most people who work in the woods can identify someone who can work who has the attitude and the the, the fitness to work in the woods it's it's pretty simple you can you can kind of fish it out now sometimes we're wrong sometimes i say most of the times you're we're pretty spot on but yeah I mean, i'm sure sometimes we're wrong you know a lot of times it's you hire someone and you use a term i don't know like i'm really worried about them but you know we got to get someone in this position and then it doesn't work out now my next question uh, kind of Going off that of, of knowing people better than they know themselves, this might be skipping ahead, so stop me if you have something to respond. So my next question is, you know, I'm sure you've heard of these programs where, you know, say, so Mike, say your boyfriend dies. Say someone, <laughs> say someone you care about dies. You can upload your phone conversations into a program and all the loved ones of that person can upload their phone conversations into a program. And that program will then respond to each of those people individually as that person will respond to them individually. You know, I'm going to talk to you different than I'm going to talk to another friend. The program will pick up on that, use all the information it's gathered about me to design custom tailored responses to you. I have seen or either we talked about this before. And I do not like that. I do not trust an AI that's trying to be a mimic, like a uh, like a mockingbird of, and just trying to mimic someone I passed. Like I get it as a coping mechanism, but I feel like there's a lot better coping mechanisms to overcome the loss of a loved one than that. Yeah, it's pretty fucking creepy to me. I'm not gonna lie. It, that seems like a lie to me. That seems like you're being. Hey, you're saying you're gonna lie to me. But I'm okay with you lying to me? Hell no. Like, that. I don't know why. That lie seems even worse that you're telling me it's a lie. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't have a good answer either. It just kind of messes with my mind. Because I could see it. I mean, I get it. But it, it's probably not good, right? Long term, that's probably not good. Or is it? Or is that the first step towards immortality? I don't know. This is an entirely different podcast I think we're about to get into. <laughs> Well, also, imagine someone else using that AI that you trust to talk to a dead one, which is a weird statement okay. out of my mind. If someone what, takes that AI what code happens? and... Hypothetical situation. I'm not going to use me for obvious reasons. Say a dude... Um, no, say a woman. Her husband dies, hypothetically. And then her like dead husband starts hitting on people in their DMs. <laughs> you got that a sitcom, sitcom there my sure. friend i'm gonna sell it i'm gonna make my millions i'm gonna make my somewhat adequate money from this idea 
But I'm also concerned on if you trust this AI and someone takes that AI and manipulates it. So instead of, hey, you're talking to a past loved one to get over your loss, you're not talking to this celebrity who you have a massive crush on or someone you want to stalk and now are talking to them or X, Y, and Z. It seems like that software can be very implemented very negatively, very quickly. Hey, I need your social security number because I love you. <laughs> What's your ma- uh, mother's maiden name again? Oh, that's right. Yeah, it seems like a bad idea all around. But again, it's I, I mean, I understand why it's there. It's really hard to f- draw and f- or even find a line in the sand for AI trusting. I... There are so many ways it can go horribly sideways so quickly. I feel like a a pretty drunk line in the sand is, did Facebook design it? No. (laughs) Then good. (laughs) No. No, I agree. It's it's one of those things where it's going to have to be a case-by-case basis. I don't know. I don't know how else to do it. For it's going to have to be who created it, what's the purpose, what data is it using, what data is it receiving in, what is it outputting. It just how good is the security on the code? Like, can someone hack it? Like, it's just not just again. You can hack code, but you can't hack a person's mind. I mean, with enough LSD and some uh, psychologists. I mean, hell, the U.S. Army did it. But you, but still, it's if the really government hard can to... do it, you can do it. All right, Nick, you live in Oregon. I can get some LSD. Let's hypnotize you. Can I get LSD, or can I just not get charged for having LSD? I'm, or, or, we're both originally from Chicago. You give us about 30 minutes. We could probably find some, a plug or something. Yeah, I have to go back in the Facebook, uh, the high school friends. We can figure that out real quick. So <laughs> <laughs> what Facebook Messenger is for, right? Well, that AI might keep track of you. Which then, can you trust an AI not to snitch on you? Like, you might trust an AI to, like, say, a government is uh, doing something you don't like, and you want to resist that government. Well, the AI that you're... Well, that doesn't seem likely. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have, like, 12 failed states in the entire world at all. That's That's not a real thing. But that AI might be a snitch. That AI might not hide your data. It might be... Or an AI trying to seek and find you out. Or an AI, based on your personality and books you've read and things you've liked, will identify you as a resistant member and you get punished, crimed, and sent to jail for it, even though you never did it. That's all a possibility with AI. All right. Not only do I think that's a possibility, I think that's already in place. And I think I'm already on that list. So it doesn't scare me to be put on that same list just by a different technology. Yeah, but... Imagine someone using that system now to dig in deep. So now say that they find that AI identifies you. Now, instead of AI putting you in jail, the AI watches and focuses on you to dig up dirt to blackmail you. You don't know who you can trust. I mean, is it, it the person using it or the government using it or the agency using it or the company using it? It's just there's just so many variables on trusting an AI. It's like trusting a human all over again, but it's an entity of a company or group of people but it's controlled by the government so it must be safe how right? will we know if we how will we know if we can trust it uh yeah i i'm completely lost nick i'm not sure how anyone can trust ai that's not ai made by them 
or maybe everyone gets an AI to help figure out if the AI is trustworthy, like an AI to proofread or uh, cycle through another AI to figure out if they're good or not. It's just top of my head. Oh, I think we'll, we just will. I mean, let's, let's start this back. I'm sure we are having this conversation, not we, I'm sure humanity is having this conversation. Well, how can you trust a house if you didn't build it yourself? How can you trust a car or how can you trust a wagon if you didn't build it yourself? How can you trust a computer if you didn't build it yourself? You know, how can you trust this rifle if you didn't build it yourself? I mean, how can you, like, it's just, the list goes on and you on. You literally named, you... like, everything I've built. Like, I've literally made majority of that stuff on the list myself. All right, here's one you, you most likely haven't made. How can you trust the food you eat if you don't grow it yourself? But we do it every day. The food we eat, that's more important than the government. I mean, food, every single day that impacts us. We trust strangers to do that. A, a lot of machinery. And at one point, that was foreign to humanity. Maybe it's greed. But I think this is the next thing. This is the next thing that we're going to be like, how could you not trust AI? Because we're just all going to do it. It's going to slowly weed its way into society. We're just going to trust it. I don't know. That's what I think. No, I agree with you that it's slowly getting into society and we're just going to trust it. But I think maybe why we trust strangers to do a certain task like build a car or grow food is what you mentioned earlier is we know their motives. We know a farmer wants to sell his product. We know a car manufacturer wants to sell their product. We know the motives behind it. Well, a farmer is never going to change their motives of selling food. A car manufacturer is never going to sell their motives of wanting to sell cars. Yeah, but farming is one of those weird ones where, oh yeah, profit's a huge incentive. But no one gets into farming to, to get rich. Now, there are a lot of people who get rich farming. Depends what crops you're growing. But none, it doesn't seem like this might be way off topic. But I feel like that's one of those, like you would say, Mike, pure things where people do it for the love of it. And, and you know, they're going to do certain things based on market data. But I think that's one of those, like you say, pure things. Now, again, not every farmer. Well, I, I was just saying profit is just one category that we understand it's the it's the motivation behind the task as a human i know i'm just i'm just trying to think is that one of the reasons why it seems like i mean look at ford dodge chevy toyota truck commercials it all it all features farmers is that playing to our love you know our id the ideal american is a farmer like thomas jefferson said or is it playing to the idea that the love of doing something is better than, than the, the profit incentive. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, my mind's just fucking running because I've had three mojitos and we've been talking for a while, but maybe that's part of it. As part of AI is going to be trying to sell the, the purity of it. Like you've mentioned purity many times and I think that's an important part of it. Kind of plays off what I was talking about of purpose. And if the purpose is is good or you're pure then it's going to be more trustworthy so do we trust people to grow our food which like we said like or consumer cook our food you know eating fucked up food is not good or deadly but i'd say uh i don't know 99.98 percent of americans 
99.99999 probably percent of Americans have to consume food that someone else made for them or, or uh, you know, grew for them throughout the year. Yeah, you also, with your Toyota for no, you, you, uh, that analogy, I imagine, I didn't research this, I imagine AI is already being used in marketing. I imagine AI could be used to develop a commercial or ad piece to sell you something based on what you already know. I appreciate and hate that at the same time. It's ingenious and evil. It's I don't know why. I just wanted to point that out. That makes me like if a say a company B decided to use an AI to develop their commercial the commercial would probably make me want to buy B more, but if I figured out they use an AI to create it, for some reason it'd make me not like that company more. Like it feels like it's cheating almost. I don't know. It could be just I've been joining Nick with the gin and juice, but uh, I don't know. I just don't like having the wool pull over my eyes and uh, and then uh, or having uh, getting pissed on and calling it rain. I don't I don't like that. This is a pretty cool electric toothbrush, but I don't appreciate how you told me about it. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, uh, if you had two companies, A and B, A might be the better product, but if B used an AI to help market and sell, I mean, bravos for being cutthroat in the business world. I respect it, but it makes me don't like your company more if I ever find out that company A is better than yours and you just use an AI to kick up more of the market shares. I don't know. It's just... Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, if you don't do it, you're just, like you said, you're going to lose those market shares. So it's, it just seems like it's, you know, the future. Everyone's going to have to do it. It's going to be, like you said, commonplace before too long. It's just going to be, I don't know. <laughs> I think we're on, uh, yeah, it's kind of like cars. You know, when cars are introduced, everyone's like, oh, we'll never get away from the horse and buggy. Why would you ever want to go that fast? cost all this to maintain you got to put gas in it blah 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 well no one's going back to the horse and buggy but at the same time some people thought the the automobile was going to be the end of you know like the the lifestyle at that time and maybe it did or maybe it just happened to be invented at a time when life was changing but it might be hard to tell yeah the trustworthy of ai is hard nick and i don't have much more no it's it's all i got uh well, Mike, what are you reading? Well, I am reading Napoleon by Andrew Roberts. And uh, before I ask you how you're doing, I just want to say anyone uh, listening who wants to give us on how you would identify or how you quantify trust in an AI, please let us know. And where can they find uh, where can they find us next to tell us such question to answer such questions? And also, what book are you reading? You can find us on YouTube and Instagram at Backyard Philosophy Podcast. Comment, send us a message, DM if you will. And I am currently reading Sex, Death, and Fly Fishing by John Girock. Every time that title fits you perfectly. (laughs) It's, I love, I love the book. Um, It's not a, it's, it's, as the name implies, it's not a complicated read. I feel like this is really like the 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 fishing equivalent of an old lady reading like those sexy cowboy novels. 
<laughs> is it bad that I picture you in your overalls reading it for some reason? It's just it's just a bunch of good fishing stories written simply with saying complicated thoughts in a simple matter that we've all thought of while we're fishing and you just it's one of those books where it's like, Oh shit, that's what I've been thinking, but I never knew how to explain it until you said it. Damn, it's like a AI wrote that book and was telling exactly how you were thinking, Nick. Pretty much. Instead, is written by an old, old dude who's a trout bum his entire life. So, <laughs> essentially the same thing, right? <laughs> Ugh, well, sounds like a good read. And I don't know what the future holds in front of us, but I do know this: trust is earned and built over time, and easily destroyed. Code can be written very easily to gain the trust of an individual or a group of people will take years if not decades to build and with that being said thank you all for listening thanks for listening to the backyard philosophy podcast We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.